Hey guys, it's KJ with Living Christian. Welcome to the latest episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, what we do here is pretty simple. I read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus. We read a chapter of the Bible, discuss it along the way, and afterwards I'll be answering a few questions. If you want to watch this live, being recorded live, we do it every Monday and Friday on Instagram Live. Look me up over there. It's just living underscore Christian. Uh, and you can join in as we record this every Monday and Friday. So if you miss any of these episodes, you can watch them on YouTube. Listen to them everywhere that you have podcasts. I appreciate you sharing this with a friend. Maybe they need to watch or listen to it. It'd be great. Also, maybe drop a rating or review. Whether you're listening to it on Apple or Spotify or wherever or you're watching it on YouTube, it helps me get the word out. If you share that, rate it and review it. I appreciate it. Make sure you check out uh, livingchristian.org, which is my website. There we have Bible verse lists, blogs, a whole apparel store. Uh, has all sorts of coffee mugs and t-shirts and hoodies and all sorts of good stuff. Make sure you use the code PODCAST20 while you're there, and that'll give you 20% off your entire order every single time, exclusive for my podcast listeners. So I uh, appreciate you joining me. I hope you love it. I hope you get something out of it. Uh, join me on Mondays and Fridays if you'd like to on Instagram. Till then, let's check out the newest episode. All right, welcome to the uh, Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. Uh, this is your first time here. Thank you for joining me. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube, live on Instagram, or listen to it on the podcast uh, anytime that you would like. So thank you for joining me today. So what we do here is read a little bit of the Bible and chat about it. I'll answer some questions at the end. So we're going to dive into Psalm 23 and 24 today, Psalms of David. And they're pretty short, but we'll uh, we'll go through them, we'll breeze through them, but we'll try to talk about it along the way. Uh, so Psalm 23 is probably the most popular psalm, I would say, um, of all the psalms. And these were originally kind of song lyrics, so you got to keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not sure exactly back in the day whether they sang them out loud or, or, or to themselves, but it's interesting to read these kind of uh, song lyrics, so to speak, these psalms. Uh, they're very inspirational, very direct uh, and very interesting, as we read through Psalm 23, uh, think about uh, think about Jesus, okay? Think about this was written so many years before Jesus came here. And think about how it's talking about the Lord is my shepherd, right? And who the good shepherd is. So let's read Psalm 23 uh, together, if you have your Bible ready. If not, just listen along. Uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I... Oh, I'm going to stop there before we get to the darkest part. Let's just, let's just dissect the first couple of lines, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you don't think the entire Bible is about Jesus Christ, then you're mistaken, okay? The entire... Bible is about Jesus. There's so many. I think there, there's tens of thousands of interactive kind of um, uh, verses that go back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's an interesting graphic out there if you haven't seen it. You can Google that. It's pretty cool. But it starts off, the Lord is my shepherd. And who is the shepherd? Jesus Christ is our shepherd. I have all that I need. Why do you have all you need? Because the Lord is my shepherd. We get so stuck in our our lives and not knowing what direction we should go, if that makes sense. We're worried about our purpose in this life and what we're supposed to be doing in this life. And the first two lines of Psalm 23 tell us everything. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I have all that I need. This is the New Living Translation version. I grew up Southern Baptist back in the day. I'm not anymore, but I was then. And it was more of the King James, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's the same concept. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. You have everything when you have Jesus. When you have Jesus leading your life, when he is your shepherd leading you through the valleys and the mountains of your life, you have all that you need. I mean, that has to be, Psalms 23.1 tells us everything we need to know about what our purpose is and what we're supposed to be doing on this earth. He leads me, he lets me, excuse me, rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He lets me rest in green meadows, peaceful meadows, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. Why peaceful streams? Streams, water, that's what we need. We need, the water is the foundation of life, Right? So he lets you rest, and he, and he provides for you where you need. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. I love the line, bringing honor to his name. Jesus is your shepherd. You're following him. He provides you with rest. He provides you with peace. He provides you with what you need, with water. Bring honor to his name. Now, verse 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. We're going to get back to that in a minute. My cup overflows with blessings. Even when you're going through tough times, even when you're in the, through the darkest valleys, talked about Jesus and, and God leading us through green meadows and peaceful streams. Now, even when you're going through the rough valleys, the dark valleys, there's no need to be afraid because Jesus is close beside you. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Think about that for a second. In this world, we're surrounded by chaos. We're surrounded by things that want to do us harm in some form or fashion. And what does God provide? A feast for us to show our enemies that we, we're not afraid. To show our enemies that God is the one that's taking care of us. You you honor me by anointing my head with oil. You have to, I would suggest you guys go back and Google anointing heads with oil. It has to go back to the shepherd. The tradition of anointing the, the lamb's head with oil has to do with the wool. It's, it's, a, it's a whole thing, all right? But if you go back and, and research that, you'll understand what that means to us as he is our shepherd and we are his sheep. He anoints us with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Do you feel like your cup is overflowing with blessings? Probably not all the time. But if you go back to verse 4 where it says, We're walking through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because he is close to me. Verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's confidence right there. Listen to David. He knows that his cup is overflowing. And God's unfailing love will pursue me. There's some powerful words in here that we probably would read through real, real quick and not really dissect. I think about verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So what's he saying there? He's saying that 
he trusts God, and God is so good, and God has such unfailing love for us that he will, what, pursue us. So many times, and I, I do it here on, on, on my Instagram and Twitter and different places, I'm always talking about running back to God and getting back to, you know, running to Jesus. Like, we, we run away from Jesus, and we need to kind of go back to Jesus, which is, there's a lot of accuracy to that. There, this world distracts us, it pulls us away from Jesus, and we need to kind of make sure that we are always walking with Him instead of away from Him. That is some truth. But think about what he says here in this line. God is so good, and he loves us so much that he will pursue us. In reality, all we got to do is meet Jesus in the middle. God's walking with us, and sometimes we go the wrong path in a different way and try to go away from him, get pulled away from God. But he's still pursuing us. We just got to meet him in the middle. Mm, Psalm 23 is good, isn't it? Let's hit 24. And I have this one highlighted in my Bible. If you don't have this highlighted, I would suggest that you do that. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it in on the ocean's depths. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything here on this earth is Jesus. We're creations of God and we belong to Christ. A lot, of, a lot of times we, we, we feel like the devil has taken over this earth, and he has in many ways. But he's only just there meddling and trying to distract us and causing trouble. We all are the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. Who? What people? Is it Christians? The world and all its people belong to him. All of its people, everybody here on earth belongs to God. They just don't know it yet. They will. Everybody will figure that out one day. If you haven't given your life to Christ, one day Jesus is going to come back and every knee will bow. Everyone will realize one day that Jesus is Lord. Verse 3, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. So he talks about the fact that the world and all of its people belong to God. And he turns back around and says, well, who can climb that mountain? Who can stand in God's holy place? Who can get to heaven? Only those with hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessings and have a right relationship with God, their Savior, such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. So who gets to be in the Lord's presence? Those who believe. Those who do not worship idols. Those who have the right relationship with God, their Savior. Their Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? Verse 7. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of 
glory. So it ends with talking about open up ancient doors. Open up the old ways. Open up the, the, the old times and the old things that we used to think about and let the God, the King of Kings, in. There were so many kind of belief systems back in the day, and God is very adamant about talking about not worshiping idols. He even mentions it in the previous verse, right? Verse 4 of don't worship other idols, don't worship other gods. There was a lot going on back in the day when this was written. What's David saying here? Hey, open up. Open up. What you thought, all those closed doors and those gates and everything else, all the other ways that you think you can get through, right? Everybody had an idea about how to get to heaven, how to be right with the Lord. What's David saying here? Open, Hey, open those doors up. Open those gates up. Let the King of Kings, the King of Glory come through. Let the Lord of Lords, let Jesus Christ come through. He is the Lord of Heaven's angels, or army, excuse me, and he is the King of Glory. So it's kind of foretelling a little bit about what Jesus is talking about in the Gospels, about, hey, this is the Old Covenant, and I'm the New Covenant. If you read it in that perspective of, like, the Old Way, the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant, the ancient gates and the new gates, what does Jesus talk about in, of gates, right? Talking about the path being narrow, having to go through that, it's foretelling of exactly what Jesus is talking about. The only way to heaven is through Christ. Period. So don't worship idols. Don't worship other gods. Don't worship the old way. Don't try to go through the old gates and the old path. Follow the new way. Follow Christ. Period. All right. So that's Psalm 23 and 24. Like I said, it was pretty short, but it is very powerful. So if you don't have you know, some of that highlighted on your Bible, I would absolutely do it. Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I have everything I need in Jesus. So if you think about those two collective verses or chapters back to back, it starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd. He provides everything I need. Jesus provides everything I need. Open up the gates for him. Open up the old gates and the old doors for Jesus. Amen. Right? So, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even in the Old Testament, it's telling you to do that. Read it. And try to have that perspective when you read the Old Testament about, about Christ and about how it, it, the entire Bible is about him. All right. Hope you guys like that. There's nothing else we need other than this. Let's answer a few questions. We'll get about our Monday. I can't believe it's Monday already. Hopefully the weather's good where you're at. End of February. We close out February tomorrow with a new month starting on uh, starting on uh, Wednesday, March. Uh, I love spring. It's kind of a, a, a great renewal. Um, you got Easter coming up. Everything's new and fresh. The grass is going to start growing. The flowers are going to start blooming uh, pretty soon. At least down here in Texas, we're already starting to have a little hint of that. Um, but uh, hopefully you guys are too where you are located, uh, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern, southern Hemisphere, enjoy your winter. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's, I uh, know we're in the opposite here. Let's ask a couple of questions here, or answer a couple of questions, and we'll uh, go about our Monday. All right, so I, I'm, oh, I got a lot. So I'll start with the top one because uh, for whatever reason, Clark is, uh, it's all in all in caps, and I get this question all the time. What's the most reliable translation of the Bible? What would you recommend reading 
Uh, you know, this is always a touchy subject because every time I mention uh, Bible translations, uh, I get the uh, I get the old King James loyalist uh, kind of get after me a little bit. Uh, I grew up Southern Baptist, so I grew up on the King James Bible. You can't see it off my screen here. I've got tons of different translations. I read the New Living Translation, which is in every man's Bible, uh, which I like a lot. Um, I like the translation. I like the notes on it. Uh, it gives me kind of uh, correlations to being a father and a husband, so that's a, it's a great Bible for me. So my answer to you is, whichever Bible translation you're going to read. If we get too hung up on what verses are missing, what verses are in there, and the Council of Nicaea, and the King James, and this and that, if we get too um, focused on the translation that is the quote-unquote right one, we're not going to be reading it. My suggestion is to whatever translation that you can dive into every day is the one you should read, and it's the best translation for you. If you love the King James or the New King James, knock yourself out. If you like the ESV, knock yourself out. If you like the New Living Translation, knock yourself out. New International Version, knock yourself out. Whichever one that you can understand and uh, help you understand and read and you feel like God's speaking to you through, read it. I am not a loyalist on translations. I've done a bunch of research. I understand. I understand the reason why people ask that question and get hung up on it. I understand. I've done the research. I know. But I promise you this. If you're so worried about which translation you're reading and you're not actually reading, then you're not listening to God speak to you through these words. This is the, the Word of God, regardless of the translation. That's it. That's my answer. Hopefully you like it. <laughs> Hopefully you don't. Anyways, all right, let's uh, answer a couple more questions. Um, all right, I, uh, do believers uh, in Christ go to heaven when they pass, or do they wait in limbo? I read Matthew 25, 32 this morning and was wondering. Let's actually pull that up, and we'll read it together, and I'll answer the way uh, I think I believe. All right, so Matthew uh, 25, 32. Let's just read that together because he... Uh, is struggling with that. 25.32 uh, says this, the final judgment. Then the king will say to those who are right, come, uh, you are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you in the creation of the, of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me to your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Is that the right question? 25.32. Yep. Nope, 32. All the nations, sorry, I apologize, I read 34. 32, all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. All right, you're getting into the future on Matthew 25, 32. All right, what he's talking about is the same story that's in Revelation was the separation of the wheat and the shaft, the separation, the end times, the final judgment of Christ, Okay. So that's what he's referring to now. It's not referring to when you die, and if you believe Christ is your Savior, do you go right to heaven or do you not? These are for the people who are, are present at the end times, if that makes sense. So if you are a believer in Christ, I firmly think that when you die, you go directly to heaven. On the cross, Jesus turned to the thief who said who was talking to him and believed that he was Christ. I'll see you in paradise. He didn't say, I'll see you eventually in paradise. He said, I... It's okay, because I'll see you in paradise in, like, now. <laughs> okay? There's no holding pattern there. 
There's no purgatory that we have to wade into before we get to join God in heaven. So when you're reading Matthew 25, 32, that is talking about the end times when Christ returns and the people that are still remaining, right? The people that are still remaining, who gets to come with him and join him in heaven and who doesn't, who gets separated from God forever. That's what he's referring to. So don't get confused on that. There's no purgatory. There's none of that stuff. I know uh, different religions and different denominations speak differently, but that's how I feel. All right, one more, uh, maybe two more questions, then we'll go about our, our day. All right. Um, do, 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 do. Lots of questions. One guy asked the same question 47 times. Um, what's the best way to start reading the Bible? That's a good question. I'll answer that one. Uh, two ways in my mind, and I've suggested this to a lot of people, that you can read your Bible. One is, you start at the beginning, Genesis 1-1, and read through Revelation, read through from the front to the end of the Bible. It's kind of chronologically, so to speak, and read through it. Now, there are 66 different books of the Bible. Okay, you have to think about this. This isn't a novel, okay? This is a collection of 66 books that correlate with each other along the way. So that's one way is to kind of read it from start to finish in the sense of in the beginning, right? God created the heavens and the earth and read all the way through at the end of the revelation where he has, creates a new heaven and new earth and the whole thing is changed. That's one great way to read the Bible. The other way, if you haven't read the Bible before and you're confused and you, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're just not sure where to start, then my suggestion would probably be to read the Gospels first. The New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Learn about the life of Jesus here on earth, and then go back and read the Old Testament. Having that foundation in Christ and understand that Jesus, that the entire Bible is about Jesus, and this is who he was, and this is what he did, and this is what he said. When you go back and read some of the Old Testament, even the New Testament, it gives you a different perspective. So like for the last two years... Uh, 2021 and 2022. In 2021, I read the entire New Testament. In 2022, I went back and read the Old Testament. So I did it that opposite way. And I really like it. It gives me a whole different perspective of the Old Testament than reading through and trying to get through Leviticus and Numbers and some of these old laws and, and, and not understanding what you're reading and not understanding that from a historical standpoint, these th this is what the people felt like they had to do in order to gain favor with God and earn their way to heaven. But if you already know that Jesus is the way to heaven, the only way to heaven, and he's the new covenant, and he's the new way, then when you go back and read that, it gives you a different perspective. So it's, in my mind, it's all about the gospel. So read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then go back. I think it's very important to read the Old Testament, especially with that perspective of, of Jesus being the, uh, you know, being the Lord and Savior for sure. So that's the way I would suggest it. So if you haven't read it before, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are great reads, uh, it's probably the uh, easiest way to get through it. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in Leviticus and, and, and quit, and I don't want you to do that. I want you to keep reading. <laughs> All right, one more question, and um, 
uh, and then we'll go about our day. I am doing the Daniel fast. I mentioned this uh, uh, Friday. We talked about it a little bit. I'm doing the Daniel fast. What are the advantages of doing this? I've done the Daniel fast a couple of times, and I like it a lot. Uh, we read Daniel 6 on Friday, so if you haven't listened or watched that episode, go back and watch. But it's a great kind of introduction to fasting a little bit, if that makes sense. Uh, so what the Daniel fast is, is, is you're kind of only eating the things that Daniel would have had available. A lot of fruits and vegetables, things that he would have had available. No meat, uh, uh, none of those things. So uh, just the things that kind of would have he would have had access to, uh, which is an interesting uh, kind of... Uh, way to go about it. Um, I had a, I, I had, I had Googled a recipe, uh, selection for Daniel fast. So I had a bunch of different versions of different things, but I ate kind of the same thing week after week for 21 days, uh, is what I've done it before. Uh, the advantages of the Daniel fast is it's a great kind of introduction, uh, to uh, fasting. Uh, it's also a great kind of way to put your mindset uh, on how, what Daniel was going through and and having a small you know small insight to uh, what he had access to, which is interesting. But fasting is interesting because you are sacrificing things that you like. It's a small thing. Uh, Daniel fast is an easier way to do it. Um, but um, but there are things that you have to give up, like coffee and things that I have every morning, which is a challenge. So uh, whether you're doing a Daniel fast or any other type of fast, I would say there are, there are a lot of spiritual advantages on that. You have to go back. You don't have to, but you should. Go back and and spend time in prayer to help you get through it. Like instead of me having coffee in the morning, I would spend that time, that ten minutes that I use to drink my coffee, and spend it in prayer, helping and asking God for help for me to get through this. And He certainly does, and He always will. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages to Daniel fast, but I tried. Um, I wouldn't do it from like a weight loss standpoint or anything like that, but I, I would definitely do it from a, a sacrificial or a Lent standpoint. Um, it's pretty interesting. So, all right, uh, let's uh, say a quick prayer and then we'll go about our Monday and we'll, uh, we'll hit uh, a different chapter of the Bible on Friday. So join me in prayer, will you? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. The words that you're telling us in Psalm 23 and 24 comfort us. Lord, you are our shepherd and you are all that we need. You provide everything we need, the peace that we need the streams that we need, the valleys that we need. And when we're going through the dark valleys, you help us get through those to get back to the mountaintops. We're so thankful that we have you in our life. We're also so thankful that we understand and know about Jesus. And the fact that we can have that perspective as we read Psalms and read the Old Testament, that it's all about you, Jesus. You are certainly all that we need. This world does need you right now, though. It feels like we're we're being pulled away every single day from you. We We don't follow you the way we should. You are a good shepherd, and you want us to follow you through the valleys. But instead, we go off on our own. We think we can do everything ourselves, Lord, and we get corrected every single time. It it becomes painfully obvious that we can't do this on our own. So I'm asking you, Lord, please be with everybody watching this or listening to this right now. Be with our world leaders. Be with our people making decisions that impact us every day. And help us get through this. So we can enjoy the peaceful streams that you provide, Lord. We love you and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. 
Love you guys. We'll see each other on Friday. I don't know what chapter we'll do yet, but I'll be doing some. I'll pick one out before you go on Friday. So uh, check us out if you missed any part of this on the podcast or on YouTube. And uh, drop a rating or review if you want to. That helps me out. Get the word out. So uh, until next time, uh, keep Jesus on your heart and forever in your mind. Love you guys. Mm-hmm.